Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast. I am Cindy Gozanski, your host, and I am thrilled to welcome you to another year of podcasting with me, 2024. So I've already been podcasting for over a year, and I wanted to start the new year with a solo episode to introduce a mix of solo and guest episodes that we'll be doing this year. I really want to thank each of you who has shown up for my podcast. Whether you're new to the show and just coming to listen today, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, I am so grateful for you. You are the reason the podcast exists and what keeps it going, what keeps me going too. I'm a therapist in case we haven't met yet. Cindy Gozanski, I'm a therapist for over 18 years. I have a group practice. I have a Facebook group that you're welcome to join called the Heart Centered Therapist Community on Facebook, where we take this intimate community that I try to create on the podcast into a small and safe group. Also, I want to tell you a little bit about myself that I host master's level graduate students through an internship site um, at my group practice for over five years. And one thing that I really love is educating therapists and the journey that therapists have in their careers is so important. It's so integral to my life. And I just want to make that journey meaningful to you. And if we can shortcut some of the steps along the way, even better, because there are so many ups and downs in our work. And it's really important to have somebody that gets what you go through, the difficult choices you have to make in each session, and somebody who you feel you could trust to bring questions and cases to. Um, so while I can't be your individual supervisor, I thought what a great way to start 2024 with some reflections on lessons that we have all learned in supervision as therapists, whether you're a new or experienced therapist. I'd like you to think about this question. What have you learned to do differently as a result of supervision? It's really a universal topic because we start doing supervision right when we're in graduate school, when we model our counseling skills in that dorky counseling skills class, and then when we go into our practicum, and then when we go into internship. And then as a conditional or associate therapist, we have usually at least two years where we're required to get supervision. And then if you're like me, um, and some of my colleagues who just embrace the model because it's about our constant journey of growth and learning in the therapeutic profession, then you seek out supervision, whether it's individual or peer supervision or group supervision, 
Maybe it's supervision for a specific modality or approach that you're studying and bringing into your sessions. And for us, it's really unique in the world of therapy that we get supervision. And so I wanted to go over four basic things that we sometimes start off with in supervision as a newer therapist, but it's really important to refresh ourselves with these wherever we are in our work as therapists. So I want to talk about four different themes in our reflections on supervision. And the first one is gonna sound so old hat, but maybe you need to hear it today. Don't look for solutions. Stop looking for solutions all the time and trying to fix the problem. Now we've heard this time and again that it's not our job to fix the client's problem. But you know as well as I do that when we're sitting in the chair and we're squirming because we just know what they really ought to do, it's hard to not share that advice. And yet our job is really to guide our clients to help them sort through the discrepancies, to help them come to their own conclusions, to make a mistake and be a soft landing place for when they come back. The other thing that I've been thinking about around fixing and solving is in our culture, often this is considered kind of like a male thing, a male way of thinking or falls into like the masculine polarity. And so especially if you tend to be more in your masculine polarity, or maybe you're a male therapist, it may be very, very natural for you to think, this is what I do. I solve problems. I'm going to fix it. And you take that approach almost reflexively. And so this is just a little reflection and reminder that our initial inclination to solve the problem isn't our job and our role for the client. Now, of course, if they're asking some specific advice or permission, then you might offer them a suggestion again with their permission. And I love to um, couch this with something like, I don't know if this is helpful to you or not. I don't know if this would be helpful. And that way they are the ones still getting to decide, still getting to choose what is helpful and what is the right move for them. And along with this not trying to fix things is remembering that it's okay to not have the answers. And I just hope somebody who's going into a therapy session today could take that with them, that it's all right if you don't have the answers. Most of our clients just long to be heard, and that is the gift that we're giving them. When we share that we don't have the answers, it also opens up that space for them to know that they will have the answer within them and that they can start to trust themselves and really building that experience for them of what would it be like to trust that they have the answers or to even admit, wow, this is really tough. Even my therapist doesn't know. So it really opens up so much for you and your client relationally to not fix and to not have the answer, but to look at this as a journey together. And one more thing before we move on to the next theme is that it's also really important to not start thinking about what you're going to say next. Don't prepare what you're going to say next 
when you're in session with a client, because as soon as you do that, as soon as you think, oh, I should be saying this next to their response, you've popped out of the moment, you've popped out of that here and now present connection with the client. And that's also trying to fix, trying to prepare. This is really, really hard work that we do as therapists because we can't really prepare. In fact, have you ever done that? Have you ever, my friends, said, I'm going to be so prepared for this session. I remember last session. I'm going to come up with these ideas and interventions. And the client enters and they want to talk about something entirely different. And all your notes just go out the window. So tear that page, let it go, and try to just stay really close to your client with what they're bringing to you. When you don't think about what you're going to say next and when you don't prepare, then you are showing the client the value of staying in the moment. Maybe you even say, gosh, I don't know what to say. Maybe you build a more genuine relationship with them when you are more authentic this way, right? You're staying so close to what they're talking about that you don't have to prepare. You just go with whatever they offer. And we'll, we will discuss that more in another episode because I'm super passionate about this. And for now, I just will conclude it by saying, let's not prepare what we're going to say next and try to just relax more. So the first theme was don't look for solutions, don't try to fix, and it's okay to not have the answers. The second reflection that we do in supervision, whether we're new therapists or experienced therapists, and I tell this to all the people that I work with, is slow down. We have to slow down to create a deeper connection. And slowing down is part of prioritizing process over content. That's fancy. You guys know I'm not really a fancy therapist. So process meaning what's happening in the room, what's happening experientially over the content, over, over the story or the words that they're saying. And so the process includes the emotions, the behaviors, what you notice as you pay so much attention to the client, the content you're getting through your head and the process you're getting a lot through your heart and your, your emotional feeling center. So this is what is happening in the room. And I always encourage my therapist to tell the clients, hey, it's part of my job to slow you down. Sometimes your clients will say, oh, thank you so much. I need that. Oh, yes, I talk so fast. Or, oh, I need to be slowed down. So tell the clients, this is part of your job. I'm going to slow you down. And then one thing that I often say that actually is so validating for the clients is something like this. Okay, I'm going to slow you down for a minute because you just said something really important that I want to go back to. And so all of a sudden, you are giving the clients this message that they said something important, that they matter, that someone is paying really close attention to them. That's very validating. Think about it. Who else in their life tells them, hey, you just said something really important? Huh, probably not so many people. So this is gold, slowing down. And you can't slow down enough, whether you're working with an individual or a couple or a family. It's 
Very, very important. And that's part of your role as the therapist to help organize their world. And we do this by slowing them down. So maybe try this out in a session today, right? If your client says something, just interrupt. Again, these these are gentle confrontations where you actually have to interrupt your client. That's good therapeutic practice. And you say, hey, hold on a second. You just said something really significant that I want to go back to. Can we go back there for a second, right? So you're getting permission. Is it okay if we just go back for a second? Because you said something really significant. All right. And do you hear how validating that is for the client? So I'd like you to practice that. If you do, let me know. This is all interactive. Guys, I would love for you to DM me on Instagram at Heart Center Therapist. If you use any of these reflections, these themes, these techniques, and let me know how it goes or where you get stuck. This is what I'm about. I'm here for you. We are about making therapists the best they can be in their lives and in their world. So let's move to the next theme, which is, of course, tried and true, being authentic in your therapy practice. In other words, not pretending, right? Let go of the need to pretend in sessions. Simple as that. Not fancy. This is me. Let go of the need to pretend in sessions. Be yourself. I'm coming off of a cold. You can hear it in my voice. No pretending there, but you know what? The podcast is important, so it's coming out. You let your personality show, not for the self-disclosure, as much as to just build that trust and credibility with your client. So even, again, going back to the first one, not having the answers. If you don't have the answer, don't pretend. If they ask you something and you don't know, when you're honest, all of a sudden, you make a relational move with the client that they may not get in their real life. Lots of people are not honest with them in, your, in their real lives, and you just were. You said, hey, I don't know. I don't know the answer, and I can ask this colleague about it, and I can find out for you, and we can look at this together, and that's a really good question. Let's explore this together. Right When you are honest about something being out of your wheelhouse, about something being beyond your scope, it lets the client know that you're authentic with them and that they can trust you. And so much of our work with our clients is on rebuilding trust. And all of a sudden, you have that beautiful therapeutic moment of rebuilding trust with them by being honest. Of course, we're also validating for them their life is complicated, right? This is a hard issue. It makes sense that you're struggling with this, dear client, because I also don't know about this, right? And I'm here to help you through that. So one of the things when we're looking at this not pretending is also really, really using that powerful in-the-moment observation with your clients and not pretending that like you don't notice what's happening or, you know, say they withdraw or seem to pull back. Actually bringing that into the room directly in the here and now experience and vocalizing, naming that to the client, like, hey, I'm curious what just happened. I felt you kind of pull back there, right? 
unpack the judgment. It's not good or bad, but I'm, I'm wondering what's going on, what's happening, right? Or if you, Sarah, please delete that. Or if you sentence another way to not pretend is let's say you have made a statement, made an intervention for the client, and you notice their response is kind of weird or squirmy, you might say something like, I think I'm off. I think I'm not getting it. Help me understand what's going on. You know, when when you can kind of name a misstep that you make, that really opens up space for the client to then go someplace else that's going to be more useful and more productive. And so I really encourage you to like, not pretend and be yourself more. And, you know, if, if you don't really know, that's okay, right? That's human. And we're humans and therapists at the same time. The fourth theme that I wanted to touch on today is, again, kind of tried and true, but it bears repeating. Using yourself as a therapeutic tool. Use yourself as a tool. I know it sounds boring. You've heard it over and over again. But when we get lazy or burnt out or tired or completely overwhelmed, we forget to do this. So this is why it's important at every stage in our journey, new or experienced, we need to use our own internal experience, not self-disclosure, but what we're feeling and all of the input that we're getting as possible interventions in the therapy session, right? So here's a really simple way to think about it. Let's say you feel stuck working with your client. Guess what? Probably your client feels that way too. Maybe you check in with them. Maybe you say, I'm just feeling stuck right now. I wonder if you feel stuck too. Um, Use your transparency of your feelings to empower your client. Maybe you feel anxious or your stomach starts to tighten when they say something. Then name that. Then offer them that. Sharing a lived in-the-moment experience with the client goes so much farther than often a question or a cognitive statement. So maybe you say, huh, I just felt anxious when you said that. Huh, wow, I just got this, this shaky feeling inside. Maybe the client's talking about something and they're scared and they don't even realize that they're scared. You have given them permission to look that this potential feeling may be theirs as well. It's not just coming up in the room for no reason. We believe that as heart-centered therapists. So this is a very, very relational and experiential approach to doing therapy when you're in tune with yourself with your gut, your intuition, your feelings, and you use that in service of therapy with the client. And this requires using our own self-awareness, tracking ourselves, our feelings, our own responses, while at the same time we are tracking the client. Not easy to do. This is that beautiful organic dance that the therapist does using your head and your heart. And so when we say, Use yourself as a tool. It sounds easy, but it requires presence. It requires attunement to yourself and to the client. And then being brave and using all of those other things we talked about, being authentic, not pretending, 
slowing down so that you can feel these things and then not looking for solutions and just saying what is actually being experienced in the room, right? That's, it's not a solution to say, I feel stuck. What's happening for you? It's not a solution to say, wow, just felt some anxiety come up. And so these are all connected because what we're trying to do is, again, attune with ourselves, attune with the client and stay so close to the client that we can be authentic and give them that space to really be authentic too. And you know what? They don't get it anywhere else. Nobody else tells them what you just said was important. That feeling, I think I might be feeling it right now too. People don't say that in their lives. So this is a gift that we have that we are offering our clients every day. And I just want to encourage you to think about how you might try to use these tried and true old things that we learn in supervision early on, whether you're a new therapist or an experienced therapist. To summarize, don't look for solutions, slow down, tell your client you're going to slow them down. They just said something really important. Be authentic and don't pretend in your sessions and use yourself as a tool. This is so key for our ongoing growth and learning as therapists and for our clients' growth and progress. What I would love is for you to tell me if any of these resonate for you, if you try using them, and share your own supervision, insights, and reflections with me. Again, you can join my Facebook group, the Heart Center Therapist Community on Facebook, and also DM me at Instagram, at Heart Center Therapist. I'm really excited about this podcast this year because we're going to be doing more episodes like this and I want to know what else you want. So, you know, tell me anything. That's that's what I'm here for, to know what you might be interested in. If you're interested in some kind of supervision consultation with me, I am going to be offering a couple mentorship programs. So we're going to do things like these kinds of um, relational ways of working with our clients and also for um, working with couples because that's my specialty. So thank you so much, my therapist friend, for listening, for being part of this show and making it possible and keeping our community so heart-centered. Thanks for everything you do. I hope you have a great day and stay heart-centered.